Jazz and Chargers Unleashed, Sebastian Joseph, they know the vibes, we outside. You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed Podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the L.A. Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by Bet Online, Charger Bowl Family, Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia, Liquid Death. If this is your first time tuning into this show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, undermanned, outgunned, injuries galore. Turned out it wasn't that much of a deal because at the end of the day, none of that mattered when it came to the win and the loss column. Chargers, close, narrow victory for the third time <laughs> third time this year that they have had to rely on not, not their first, not their second, but their third option at kicker to secure a victory for them for the game. Dicker the kicker, Cameron Dicker comes through in the clutch, game-winning field goal, Chargers uh, win over the Atlanta Falcons 20-17 to in a back-and-forth tale of different quarters between one, two, three, and four. They were pretty much just all different games, in my opinion, if you were watching this. It really just felt like a, a different football game through all four quarters that you were watching throughout this. Uh, some, some, definitely some good things to talk about today. Some still things that need to unfortunately get fixed. And, you know, let's not, let's, let's not kid ourselves. They may never get fixed before this season's over, but. It's progress. As Dan says, a win is a win is a win is a win is a win. (laughs) And it doesn't matter because winning in the NFL is hard. Sometimes winning in the NFL is ugly. And in this case, Chargers are now sit at five and three. And as Dan said, we'll take it. We will take it, Jake. This is a great day. Victory Monday. Shout out to all the briskets being smoked, especially by probably Justin Herbert today. Um, what an amazing victory by these Los Angeles Chargers, depleted by injury and everything that's gone on in this season so far. Five and three beat the four and four Atlanta Falcons. Next up is the San Francisco 49ers on prime time. But a ton to go over in this one. Obviously, you got the Chargers Leash Hotline brought to you by Bet Online. Again, 323 374 5651. Leave us a voicemail with your takes before, during, or after a game. We'll go ahead and get them on the next show. You can also text Unleashed to 31032 to get your info into us. Um, Jake, before we get into all of the excitement, because I got a lot of feelings to share and get off my chest here, mainly about is Brandon Staley actually coaching better than people are giving him credit for? Is Justin Herbert back? What's the defense like? Should we be concerned? Should we be optimistic? All this stuff to come into play, uh, as well as one and only Josh Palmer breakout show. Uh, Jake, over under <laughs> number of kickers the Chargers are going to start this year. We've already had three. I'm going to put the line at three and a half. <laughs> I mean, hopefully it doesn't exceed Dicker the kicker. If it does, we're just some really bad injury luck. I mean, if we weren't already in it before, you're going to tell me that it's going to go over three and a half kickers on the season? And still have this type of production. You, 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 you can only bend that branch so far before it ultimately breaks. 
the Chargers have been fortunate with the kicking situation that has not come back to bite them in the ass this season. So, Dustin Hopkins, get well soon. Please come back. Uh, <laughs> you know, not not to say that the other two gentlemen have not been great in the interim, but still, y- you'd feel you'd, you'd feel good. I mean, remember we are talking about a guy who was ready to go to a Carrie Underwood concert <laughs> until he until he got the call to say, "No, nah, you know what." The backup to our starter is injured. We need you to be the backup to our backup. So please come and secure us a victory. Winner, and- winner, Chargers kicker. That's all that matters. Gotta love it. <laughs> uh, Jake, talk to us about our friends over at Bet Online. Well, as everybody should know by now, Bet Online is a spot that you will always find the latest odds and team uh, matchup information, players, news, and game trends all over at Bet Online right now. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis boxing, or even golf, head on over to betonline.ag and join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So, Jake, let's kick this thing right off the clip and start with kind of how this game felt through and through. So, Chargers start the game about as poorly as you can. Give up 10 straight to start the game. Two series, two straight three outs by the offense on just tip passes and whatever uh, defense give up another 40 plus yard run play Chargers go down 10 zero before you can even blink first quarters over Chargers give up the ball again. And before you know it, we're down 10, nothing Chargers offense needs to do something. And the Chargers go right down the field, respond to get it to 10, seven Chargers defense holds the Atlanta Falcons. to I believe negative five yards passing in the entire second quarter. And Chargers end up going into the half up 14-10 after Justin Herbert shines, Austin Eckler shines, Josh Palmer is looking good. We saw some negatives, which we'll talk about. But Jake, the first half, you mentioned it off the top, like tale of two quarters. Like you could not have had more polarizing play from both teams in quarter one versus quarter two than you did with these Chargers and Falcons. Like they look like entirely different teams depending on what quarter you decided to watch. It, it was so weird. I just did not understand it. And let's keep this in mind. The fourth straight game that the Chargers have given up double-digit deficits to start the game. Another negative stat, Dan, that I had not even realized until it was brought up. The Chargers have only scored one touchdown in the first quarter all season. And I think the last four games, they've been outscored like 51 to three in the first quarter. I mean, if the injury adversity is not bad enough that they have to overcome, this is the fourth straight week that you have put yourself in a double digit hole. And thankfully for them, they are three and one in those games. But I'm back, kids. You'd like to see your offense get off to a better start than that and be a little bit more efficient and give your defense a break, especially when they are still giving up the 40 plus yard plays because those first couple possessions for Atlanta just looked like an absolute cakewalk. The defense was allowing Marcus Mariota and Cordero Patterson and Tyler Elliger to do whatever it was that they wanted to do back there. And as the announcer said it, like this is this looks like practice to the Atlanta Falcons. That's what it looked like out of the gate. And you would have thought for a Chargers team that has 
got a bye week when they really needed it most, given their injuries, given two weeks to essentially prepare for this team. You would have thought that they would have came out looking a little bit better than that, but no. They ended up in a 10-0 to hole, and then the second quarter starts. <laughs> and, I, you know, you always hear these kind of things of like, you know, you flip the switch, some teams can do it, some teams can't. And it's just weird. <laughs> It's like the the Chargers don't fully flip the switch all the way up. They've always there's been two like the team, there's like two switches. They, they've <laughs> one been on offense, like, one on defense. Yeah, they've been like the team where the switch always sits in the middle, and <laughs> at any point in time, it's either going to go down, up, or down. <laughs> that's, yes, that, yeah, that's let's, let's say there are three. Let's say there are three switches. Yeah, offense, defense, special teams never right. are all three up. <laughs> no, no. The the term complementary football. Is a, te- is a term that is rarely used when you're talking about the Los Angeles Chargers, unfortunately. But second quarter, this offense starts moving with a lot more efficiency. The run-pass option, the bootleg that Joe Lombardi was calling in this uh, throughout this game, the repeat plays that he was doing, the bootleg passes that went off to Austin Eckler for short yardage gains, which ultimately become big gains, ultimately putting points on the board. I liked the efficiency, and holy crap, would you believe it, Dan? You do something consistently, and it works, and you still keep doing it. It's an amazing concept. Amazing. An unbelievable concept that I wish that more coaches w- around the league would take part. Oh, wait a second. They do. We're just still playing catch-up. There's the Jake we know. So 14 to 10 going into halftime. I immediately called Dan just to get his feedback on the first half. Let's just go quarter by quarter. And did we not even call it, Dan? We're like, look. <laughs> The way that this, this, game is, this, is, this, this, is, this is literally what happened. First quarter was owned by Atlanta. Second quarter was owned by the Chargers. If if math serves us right, the third quarter is not going to be good for the Chargers team. And sure enough, it wasn't. And I'll let Dan continue with the game recap here. So Chargers start the third quarter with already having touchdowns by Austin Eckler through the air and on the ground. Justin Herbert's already got a touchdown. Then Justin Herbert has a quote-unquote interception, which is off of a Josh Palmer tipped pass, which he should have caught. So Atlanta gets the ball back. And here we are again. Uh, (laughs) The Chargers give up a scoring play to Cordero Patterson, where he just, I mean, let's call spade a spade, trucks, absolutely trucks Drew Tranquil, who had a good day, by the way. Drew Tranquil and Derwin James both got home for sacks today. And by the way, or on Sunday, excuse me. And by the way, Jake, do you know the Chargers are number one in sacks allowed in the NFL? Fewest sacks allowed in the entire NFL. Fewest sacks, okay. And again, gave up zero against the Falcons. So say what you will about Lombardi. Mm -hmm. Say what you will about Joe Lombardi and this offense and all the play calls. They're keeping Justin Herbert clean, which you have to like. And I mean, well, Justin Herbert is also keeping himself clean. I'm not taking away from him. Correct. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But Justin Herbert's pocket presence was probably the best that we have seen since week two. And hopefully it should be an early indicator that possibly that rib injury is healing up, uh, getting to that point where it allows him to do more and throw the rock better as what we saw on uh, was what we saw on Sunday. But Dan... Uh, this was another thing I was saying to you at halftime. 
They just had to stop putting themselves in these long third down situations. Now, in the second quarter, thankfully for them, they had, I think, four third down conversions that they converted all of them through stellar passes, by the way, from Justin Herbert. The one that he fed into DeAndre Carter, which just threaded the needle in between the defenders, was great. It looked like the Justin Herbert that we have not seen for weeks in those type of scenarios. I liked the play calling, and I just said they have to be a little bit more aggressive on first down. And believe it or not, First play of the third quarter, they were. It was a fantastic throw to Gerald Everett going down the field for third. Oh, no. <laughs> he bobbled the ball, which, and it was just he a drive twice. killer. <laughs> a drive killer because the Chargers ultimately ended up going three and out. Then you had Atlanta. But, but the wait, field. but wait, but wait. Joe Lombardi doesn't call plays downfield. Anywho, do you have. <laughs> You have Atlanta driving down the ball, and then Khalil Mack just says, I'm a man. I'm not 40, but I'm, I'm a 40. man. And just yanks the ball away. Just literally, a, as Daniel Potter put on Twitter, a literal little takeaway from the defender. But then the Chargers give it right back from... I, I don't know how you don't catch this ball. Josh Palmer just goes right <laughs> off the fingertips, up ah! in the air, and Atlanta gets the ball right back. And you know what, Jake, when that happened, when that happened, I immediately was thinking, great, we're gonna have to hear from Emmanuel Acho talk about, oh, Justin Herbert throws more interceptions or in crucial situations. I'm like, can we please watch one game before we talk about Justin Herbert? <laughs> Just you know, one. You know what? If <laughs> if incompletions were evaluated the way that Emmanuel Acho evaluates them for Tua Tonga Bailoa, you'd probably have more quarterbacks in the league being that elite category. There's only certain people who choose to do that. Selective hearing, unfortunately, yes. or selective viewership is how it is. <laughs> so look, so the Chargers find a way, Jake. They find a way. They are able, let's fast forward. So third quarter, we got interceptions. We've got drops. We've got all kinds of stuff. Khalil Mack saves the day, stripping, I think it was Drake London, at like the four-yard line. So red zone, literally taking points off the board. Fourth quarter <laughs> becomes a typical Chargers show where – like, you know, I, I actually kind of feel for Falcons fans because, like, the last two weeks, they have gone through Man. the ringer in terms of, like, end-of-game stress levels. I know Chargers fans always feel it, but going back and looking at what happened with the Falcons two weeks ago, was it against the Jets? That no, crazy it, ending? It, well, you had the Panthers. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Panthers, I'm sorry, the Panthers. The Panthers, the Panthers game, yes. With DJ Moore, takes the helmet off, and all of a sudden costs the team the victory, and then the, the, the Falcons come back and win. And then this one, Falcons, somehow, the one time, you know, Justin Herbert's ball on the last final drive of that game. Justin Herbert's ball and throwing dimes. I think he ended up like 6 of 7 or 7 of 8 on actual throws. I think one of them was called back. And then the Chargers get all the way down to like roughly the twenty-five. And like you're like, all right, cool. We're milking the clock. Charge all they got to do is just run the ball and get up to the middle. Chip shot, field goal. We're out of here. Just don't fumble. Just don't fumble. And what the hell happens right on cue? Austin Eckler fumbles the ball. Now, you could argue, was it a fumble? It shouldn't even it's be that close. And it's I a fumble. Agree. There is no argument on it. It's a, It was a fumble. And just prior to that, like the gods for the Chargers somehow just don't like us to have nice, th nice things, easy things. It feels like quicksand every time Justin Herbert throws it to Austin Eckler. Excuse me, Austin, yes, Austin Eckler somehow rolls over the defender, runs all the way back into the, in the end zone, 
touchdown. Oh, wait, no, he actually was down by like the hair on his elbow and it gets called back. So both Austin Eckler plays go in the Falcons' favor. And so Eckler fumbles. And at that moment happens, I'm like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Then Justin Herbert, like the Force Awakening, goes and rumbles and tumbles with the defensive lineman who's returning the fumble that Austin Eckler just gave up with a tie game with like 40 seconds left. And Justin Herbert looks at him, blows him a kiss, and somehow the ball falls down and the Chargers end up recovering the fumble, lose like 25 yards. Justin Herbert then throws up seed to Josh Palmer, gets back in field goal range, and then the Chargers win it in regulation. Now, I will say, Jake, before we get to kind of all of the key takeaways and stuff, at that point, Chargers are lining up for a field goal. I'm sitting here watching this. I'm like, nope. They ain't making it. There's no way. Like, there's no way. Like, this third kicker, the Chargers the, history. The game's been too wacko yeah. to we, to end, <laughs> to have Charger fans end it with a smile on their face. We're not, Chargers fans aren't used to endings like that going in the Chargers direction. And wouldn't you know it, third kicker for the Chargers comes in, game-winning victory. I think that's the second time he's kicked for a team, and he's also gotten game-winning field goals with the other team as well. Chargers win 20 to 17, 5 and 3. Find a way to get to 5 and 3 in a victory where Jake they're without oh, here we go. So many people. Now, you can say, you know, injuries don't matter. You can say blah 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 blah. But we're going to get into like it does matter when you are out this many players. And I'm not going to lie, when that kick happened, before it went through, when the kick happened, I felt like liquid death. I felt (laughs) like, how do I get through this when he misses this? They go to overtime. Falcons get the ball, start overtime, run like 18 plays for 84 yards and a touchdown. But then it didn't happen. The Chargers got it. Liquid death, Jake. They're murdering thirst across the world. You can find it at the local Ralph's, Roche Brothers, you name it. Um, I still have not gotten one, <laughs> so bad on my part. I'll take You're it. Missing out. I know. Talk to us about our tall boy friends over at Liquid Death. Well, as Dan mentioned, uh, they look like tall boys, but don't let your eyes deceive you. If you are uh, in your energy drink or water section at your local grocery store or supermarket, make sure that you find Liquid Death. As Dan mentioned, they look like tall boys, but they're actually not. They're one of the newest sparkling water brands that's out there today at local markets, at your 7-Elevens. Wherever you choose to possibly get yourself refreshed, you will most likely find Liquid Death. So make sure that you uh, pick yourself up a can Stay hydrated. As Dan mentioned, they are murdering thirst everywhere. They also do a great uh, contribution to the recycling around the country as far as their company and their contributions goes. Um, And if you can't find them at your local spot, go on over to liquiddeath.com slash backslash dot LAFB to find everything you need to know about it. Pick yourself up a can of Liquid Death today and stay hydrated. All right, Jake. So Chargers win, of course. Got to go into the Chargers Unleashed hotline. Let's start off kind of the overview and the recap of how everyone's feeling. Again, 323-374-5651. Give us a call and you'll have your voicemails played and reacted to by Jake and myself. Uh, Ray from San Diego, Jake, gave us a call after the game. Want to share his thoughts about, hey, a win's a win. Dan, Jake, 
Gentlemen, what's going on? It's Ray from San Diego. Uh, not the prettiest game today, but a dub is a dub. Um, could the defense been better? Sure. Do we give up a couple of big runs? Yes. Uh, but, but on offense, I feel like a couple catches by Everett, uh, one by Palmer, and, uh, this game could have been uh, a little more, uh, high score on our side. Uh, definitely not a pretty win, but a win is a win, uh, with what's given and the tools we have on the field and given the injuries that we have. So, um, hopefully the, the positive outweighs the negative this week and, uh, a dub's a dub, like I said. And uh, bolt up. Let's go, Chargers. On to the next. Love the show. <sighs> so, <laughs> can't wait for this one. You know what I appreciate on that call, Dan? It was right down the middle. Because that's the truth of what this victory was. It really was. There, there's no way that you could look at the positives of this of this game and take the dub without also acknowledging the negatives. I get it. A win is a win is a win is a win is a win. And you'll take it in this league that is very difficult to win in. However, the same situations have occurred that they have occurred over the last several weeks, Dan. Look, the absence of Joey Bosa to this defense seriously cannot be understated because opposite of Khalil Mack, there is nobody that can set the edge on this defensive line right now. Not Jerry Atauchu, not anybody of the other pass rushers that can do it. Even when Chris Rump was subbing in there, unfortunately, he was not able to set the outside edge, which has led to the number of 40-yard runs that teams over the last four weeks have been able to rip off against this team. Kenneth Walker, Nick Chubb, Damian Pierce. Yesterday, Tyler Allagher rips one for 44. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. <laughs> I mean, these were problems that were there even when Joey Bosa was playing. So this has been a trend, essentially, for the last seven weeks. And it is something that I unfortunately believe that I don't know if the Chargers are going to be able to shore it up. And even if they do, it hopefully will not be too late. So what Brandon Staley at least was able to figure out, especially in that second quarter. Adjustments. He He tightened up the screws. And he realized, well, I don't have my edge one. My edge two is currently being double teamed. I have nobody who can back him up to create any semblance of pass rush here. So what do I have to do? I have to call a number of exotic blitzes. Enter Drew Drew Tranquil. Enter Derwin James. And you were able to fluster Atlanta enough that on two consecutive drives, you stopped them. And the offense was able to go down and score points shortly afterwards. In my opinion, until Joey Bosa returns, you're going to need to get creative like this with your blitz packages. But they I should be like creative to, regardless. Like I, I, yes. And again, if you want to take it as a little nugget of something that looked good, again, in the Denver game, probably their best defensive performance, but albeit you're going up against an inept offense at that particular point in time with the way that Russell Wilson was playing. And yes, you were able to get to him a number of different times. But like this moving moving forward, talk about the game coming up against San Francisco, mm. the game beyond that against Patrick Mahomes. These are going to have to, unfortunately, be the things that you dial up. And you just better be sure that they get home. Now, flip side, offensively, let's all agree. This could have been the best that we have seen Justin Herbert play, regardless of what you want to say for stats, 
one touchdown, one interception that was not Air his quotes. fault. Air quotes. This was the best that he had looked from a health standpoint. His pocket presence, his mobility around the pocket, the bootleg throws that we see him throwing down the field. It was killing me to see that some of these throws that he was ripping off were then called back two seconds later because of penalties. There Which were, is a problem. At least at least three plays that I saw, whether it was a run that we ripped off or it was a nice pass from Herbert, get called back due to an illegal man downfield or a hold or whatever it was. It was just strictly, de- it was so think, debilitating. Jake, just think about, think about the final drive. The final drive, he had this the first throw right off the clip, got p- called back. I think it was to Everett, got called back. Then he had the ridiculous throw that then had to get called back again because of the 25-yard fumble recovery. And then had to go do it again to Josh Palmer, all in the same drive. And I wasn't, I didn't even mention, I didn't even get to the drops yet. The <laughs> the lack of assistance from his receivers dropping balls on where players aren't even literally. To him. And they're literally hitting their hands or their face. Yes. Tom Brady knows exactly what that feels like because Ooh, yesterday was... in their game that he had eight drops, and you saw what that did to their offense. But back to the Chargers, and specifically Justin Herbert. I loved the way that he looked yesterday. Bessie's looked all season. When you can get Justin Herbert outside of the pocket, much like a Patrick Mahomes or a couple other quarterbacks in this league, they can be dangerous. And when creative type of an offense that you can call some of these plays, because I, I have always loved the play calling as it relates to bootlegs, because Justin Herbert sells it properly. The players that are drawn up to carry the executed plays is good, i.e. Austin Eckler. You, at least 90% of the time, are getting positive yards off of those. So when you could put Justin Herbert in a situation, he sells it beautifully. And when he's got the cannon to show for it and you're aggressive with some of these play-action calls, they could be extremely beneficial with you. One thing, The first thing is you have to call it. Second thing is you have to execute it properly, i.e. Catch, it. catch the ball. So, yes, positives to take away from a standpoint that we may be seeing Herbert coming back to his old form. And when you have games like San Francisco and Kansas City on the horizon, it really couldn't come at a better time. But you you got to be better from an offensive execution standpoint and damn sure better from a defensive standpoint. Look, uh, there were a t- there's a ton of to take away from this game positive. And and again, I'm sick and tired of everyone on the negative Nancy Debbie Downer train about like, oh, well, it wasn't pretty. Like, I'm kind of talking to you, Jake, a little bit. It's a fine. Little bit. Look, the Chargers are, I don't need to go through it, go on Twitter, look at it. The Chargers are without like a dozen dudes, like double digit guys who are impact players on this team. And you may have lost two more in the process of this. Yeah, we're waiting on news for both uh, Trey Pipkins and Austin Johnson, both of which had knee injuries. We'll find out the extent of it sometime later today. At least that's what Coach Daly said. Jake, when you are without, at some point in this game, you're without your right tackle, your left tackle, your wide receiver one, your wide receiver two, your running back two, your tight end two, and your quarterback has injured ribs. What do you expect? I'm sorry. What do you expect? Now, flip to the other side. 
when you're without your CB1, your Edge 1, your Edge 3, your IDL, let's call it 2, 3, you're hoping for what? When you're on your kicker, not one, not two, three. I'm, I'm sorry, but these Chargers fans who are expecting the Chargers to blow teams out and to impose their will and to go through this stuff, like, it's unrealistic. Like, you have a banged-up Chargers football team who have found a way to be 5-3. and three. Look at some of the teams that are in the other side of that. Look at the Rams. Look at... Even even the Bucks, to be honest. Look at the look at the Packers. These teams are decimated. Look at the Broncos. And they are not winning. And it seems as if Chargers fans are lumping the Chargers in with that group. They are not. Chargers fans are used to being three and five right now, given all that just happened. And they're acting like they are three and five. Can they be better? Yes. But the Chargers defense actually did pretty darn good yesterday, aside from the first quarter. Can we please get four quarters of complete football? I think it was the fourth quarter and the second quarter, the Chargers defense gave up like literally negative yards. Michael Davis, I think, only gave up 18 yards when he looked Marcus Mariota was targeting him. He looked good. So look, I, I think the interesting part of this is, you know, there we're so used to hearing people get on the case with pitchforks about the coaching staff and Tom Telesco. But like, we're getting to the point where is Brian Staley and Joe Lombardi, are they getting enough credit? Like, look, look, like last game, this past game, Joe Lombardi didn't drop the Gerald Everett catch to start the third quarter right in his hands. Joe Lombardi did not fumble the ball that the Chargers Austin Eckler had right before he loses 25 yards from the fumble. Like, he didn't drop the pass from Justin Herbert that turned it into an interception. Like, these are game-changing plays. He Now, you could say, sure, is he? could he be, could he and, I don't know, Brandon Staley be responsible for some of, like, the missed execution and, like, penalties and stuff, and they're not in the right mindset with, like, the holdings and false starts and illegal shifts and man down? Maybe. But, like, I don't think it's Joe Lombardi's fault or Brandon Staley's fault that Justin Herbert's passes are getting tipped. Like, I don't, like, sure. I mean, obviously, they could be better. But, like, this is arguably the best we've seen Justin Herbert, the healthiest we've seen him since week one, and it showed. And he's throwing to Michael Bandy, DeAndre Carter, Josh Palmer, guys that some of them weren't even on the damn team when they made their final roster. And then here they are, and now they're making impact plays. So I think we need to pump the brakes and kind of look at a different perspective of what this coaching staff is doing with the hand they are dealt with right now. You have no Keenan Allen, you have no Mike Williams, and you got Josh Palmer going for over 100. Joe Everett's balling out. Austin Eckler's got two touchdowns. Other than like a couple fluke plays that should have happened, like the guy, like the caller said. This, this game could have been a lot more lopsided to the Chargers if just a couple things happened the way that they were designed. So, I don't know. That's my, that's my thought. I know you and many people have been critical on this coaching staff, as have I at times. But looking at just in totality, with all of the headwinds, they're 5-3. and three. And it's a trend. You talk about it. Like, it happens once, 
could be chance happened twice. Okay, like, like they're five and three. They've won how many games that they quote unquote shouldn't? I'm just saying. All right, Dan. Well, on the flip side of that argument, if there is one trend, because definitely there has been some that have been fortunate, some that have been negative. How about this for a trend? Inconsistency. You can make the argument that that has that is a good summarization of 100%. this Charger season, and somehow. They're five and three. Mm-hmm. In some alternate universe, this is possible. 100%. I know we want to say that the football gods are a fickle bitch when it comes to the injuries for this team. But that in other times, the football gods have actually said, you know what? Let's give it to them today, i.e., Cleveland, i.e., the fumble, then the fumble afterwards <laughs> yesterday that took place yeah. that got the Chargers the ball back. I'm not ready to start giving credit back to Brandon Staley and Joe Lombardi until I can see a writing of the shift in terms of consistency. Yesterday was a better start. Yesterday, I thought, was more one of the better coached games in terms of play calling and making adjustments, adjustments on, both, for sure. on both offense and defense. Now, me personally, after the bye week, we didn't have a lot to hold our heads up high from. <laughs> based on the injuries, based on how we went into the bye week after getting the brakes beaten off of us by Seattle, we didn't have a lot to look forward to. So my confidence level in this coaching staff riding the ship and making the adjustments, even after hearing the comments from Brandon Staley, the so-called excuses that we have heard from Lombardi in post-game preference conferences, even after wins for crying out loud, it just didn't seem like optimistic because it was just a continuing thing. We had to hear this one week after the other. So I'll say yesterday was a good starting point. Now <laughs> you better bet have a you better have a ironclad game plan for these next two weeks. Because these next two weeks, you are dealing with two teams that have some of the most offensive firepower of anybody in this league. And one one team in particular, being the 49ers, they have a defense that can absolutely obliterate you. So and they have Chris McCaffrey now. So <laughs> yeah, if it's not bad enough, uh, so you're just gonna have to pr- have every idea imaginable that you can think of because we said winning is not easy in the NFL, and sometimes winning is ugly. But if you want to win these games, it's gonna require a little bit of luck, and it's gonna require. A good fucking game plan is what it's going to require. So look, let's go to work. I, I, I think I think it's important to call a spade a spade. Like I think if I'm giving game balls out to this team yesterday, Khalil Mack, I give it one to. I'm giving one to Justin Herbert and Josh Palmer. Those are probably three that I'm giving them to. Now you can say sure, give it to the kicker, but I, I don't know. Like those three guys, I think, really imposed their will on that game and stepped up. Now, I think what what is important that I hope everyone is listening to and watching is can the Chargers be better? Yes. Have they played their best brand of football for four quarters yet this season? Absolutely not. Are they decimated by injuries? Sure. Could coaching be better? Could they be more aggressive at times? Yes. There's always room for improvement. The Chargers are five and three, despite all of that. Now, if they can continue to 
kick the proverbial can down the road while they figure this stuff out, which it needs to get figured out. I'm not saying it doesn't. But if they can continue to kick that can down the road while still winning, that's not too bad. It's not too bad. If they can continue to do that while the team, in theory, should be able to get some of their guys back, i.e. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, et al., that's reason to be optimistic. If they can stay in the hunt somehow, despite it all, there's reason to be optimistic. There's real optimism. The Chargers are still in the playoffs right now. Not just in the hunt, in the playoffs. Have one less victory than the best team in the AFC. Has it been pretty? No. Have they looked like a 5-3 and three team at times? No. But they're 5-3 and three and they're trying to get it right. I would rather the team be 5-3 and three trying to get things right and finding a way than the flip side, 3-5 and five, but looking like a juggernaut. Because no one cares. And we've seen that. Chargers fans have seen that. And I'm tired of it. I, if, I, if we can get all the way to the AC Championship game and have wins like this every single week, no, no apologies from me. I will smile ear to ear the entire season. I don't, I don't know what coffee or beverage you've been drinking with, Dan, but whatever the hell it is, maybe people need more of it. Maybe yes. you need a sponsor on the show. I don't this know. Is what but... positive, this is what Chargers victories do to me. <sighs> have, I, have, have I trickled over to you at all? At, at times you have. <laughs> but they're very rare occasions. At times Fair. you have. Okay, look, I'm not saying that the Chargers can't do it. I'm saying that yesterday was a good first step. <laughs> you're saying they won't. That's what you're saying. Look, the the ch- I'm looking directly in front of them. I'm not talking about kicking the can down to another four weeks because realistically, you're going to have the same injury report that you had this week going into the next two weeks you're probably not going to get Joey Bosa back over the next two weeks, which is going to be a huge issue, especially when you have to go up against the likes of a rushing attack uh, like the San Francisco 49ers, and then when you have to go up against a quarterback, the likes of uh, Patrick Mahomes. And oh, by the way, you still got to go up against the Titans. Correct. So if you're not setting the edge on, I mean, I do expect Joey Bosa to ultimately return by the Titans game. Hopefully this would be the first week window that really the clock should be starting for him to re- to return based off of his uh, injury projection when that ultimately went down and when he got surgery. Should you have Keenan Allen back within the next two weeks? You'd hope. I don't know if you're going to get him back for San Francisco. I don't even know what to think about that injury anymore. Like I'm like, the fact, I guess, the fact they didn't put him on IR like Parham, I guess, is positive. You, you just, you think to yourself, if he's going to come back at any stretch this year, you'd hope it would be when the Chargers are technically still in the race to have his contribution mean something. So you're going up against one of the better defenses in the league, and you essentially need every weapon that you can. So. I'm just saying, this isn't the Atlanta Falcons, where statistically is one of the you know, worst defenses in the league statistically down there in the bottom of the barrel. I know the Chargers aren't that much different when it comes to their defense and what they're giving up. But this is one of the tougher defensive tests that they have had all season long. Sure. And again, do I think that the Chargers 
with what they have shown me thus far throughout this season, that they can come up with a game plan. Look, the toughest, grittiest game that they have been in was in week two against the Kansas City Chiefs. And with the exception of one mistake that resulted in a 99-yard pick six, I thought offensively that game plan that they called was good, was efficient. The defense showed up on a number of different ways. Can you do that over the next two weeks? Can you bring that type of game calling and ultimately player execution magic? Can you do that? I I think what is lost on this, and it's, I get it, but what's lost is like the Chargers could now literally, Jake, the Chargers could lose three in a row starting this week, and they're still in the hunt and can easily still get in the playoffs, like easily, not just a little, like easily. They'd be one game under 500 with like four to play. Easily. Now, the, the Falcons is starting to cramp up a little bit. I mean, you look at three teams no. already that you have in the AFC East. Mm-hmm. That's three teams alone right there. You have your AFC North, which looks like, you know, for the time being, it's being dominated by the Baltimore Ravens. You still have Cincinnati that's creeping up slightly behind them. Yep. You look at our division. We already have Kansas City ahead of us. And then you look at the Titans. Obviously, it doesn't look like anybody else is going to be coming out of their division. So it's starting to compile. And when you have one division that already technically has three teams in playoff contention as it stands right now, that could be the difference. Between I know, but, Jake, but making but Jake, it or not making it. Statistically, Chargers got five wins. I understand. They are they're in the seventh spot. Okay. Patriots got five, they're five and four. Bengals five and four. After that, Colts three and five, three and five Browns, three and five Broncos, three and six Jaguars. Those are the guys coming up ahead of you. You're still in the hunt if you lose three in a row now. Again, that's because you won this game against Atlanta. So what I I think it just blows my mind that perspective, the Chargers are now five and like they're five and three and people are already writing off the season. And if they lose next week, fire Lombardi, fire Staley. Fire well, I mean, that's Tom been a narrative for the last sure. year and a half. But, so. but next, but next week, What's if new? they lose, if they lose and they're five and four, they are firmly in the hunt. And there are probably 10 teams in the NFL that would do anything to be in the hunt. So I, th- I think sometimes Chargers fans act a little mm, entitled. Uh, what? Chargers which fans? Which no, is no, no, weird. No, my friend. I don't think that we act entitled at all. Here's the difference. No. There are no. there are two franchises in this. No, yes, you do. No, yes, not, you do. Hang on a second. There are two franchises in this league that will not be named that definitely act entitled. The Chargers, on the flip side of that, Dan, I don't believe that they act entitled at all. But like other franchises that have gone on to win multiple championships and have long term success, you get used to that. What is it that the Chargers have experienced for the better part of 20 years? They are used to Losing. disappointments. But so it's, a wet- it's almost like a defense mechanism oh, it is. That, you, that you're putting up in front of you to just kind of soften the blow that when 
that whole notion of Chargers going to Charger or, you know, the football guys are just going to, you know, shoot, you know, come down from the heavens and cause some fluke thing that we've never seen before happen and ultimately leads to the Chargers losing a game. That's what the Chargers fans are used to. Sure. Look, but what what I'm saying is Chargers fans are used to disappointment, like you said. They're used to losing, like you said. But when the Chargers win, it's not good enough. They want a better win. They want the Chargers should be better. He's he's Dan's not wrong on this, but do you think the Titans I, right? I think the Titans right now are like, man, we played really good. I felt really good about that game against the Chiefs. Like Derrick like, Henry that, that went around and shook every defensive player's hand yesterday, even in a loss. Yeah. Why? Because they were the only reason that they were in that game <laughs> yesterday. Mm-hmm. And look, fast forward, fast forward two months. Do you think they're going to look back and be like, man, that loss was great? Look. We played great, but the loss was great. The Chargers, if there's one thing that we can agree Take on, a win. Point right Take a damn win. Right now. The, char- the Chargers are not world beaters. They have not nope. beaten the brakes off of anybody since last year in the Giants game. That was the last definitive game where you could literally just sit back on a Sunday, put your hands behind your back, crack open a beer, and just enjoy too. what you were watching. I felt great. You have not been able to experience a weekend like that since then, unfortunately. We so, thought we could against the we thought we could against the Texans, and then nope. Like I said, if I was a betting man, I'd be taking the opposing teams and the points every time. And I'm not saying that just from the standpoint that the Chargers might lose, but this is who the Chargers are. They are always in closely contested games, and whether we as Chargers fans like it or not, that's just the way it is. As it stands right I'm definitely, now, definitely, I'm definitely taking the under on the spreads all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So it, is there some magical switch that's going to be flipped that's all of a sudden going to turn this team into a, you know, 42 to 17 beatdown? No, it's not. No. It's just not going to happen this other, year. Other than everybody getting healthy, so which is not going to happen. So to Dan's point, when you know that and when you accept that, take the win when you can get it, no, no matter how it is. Because even the powerhouses of the NFL, the Chiefs, the Patriots when they had Tom Brady, even Tom Brady and Tampa Bay, even the good teams have had to grit out tough and ugly wins, even against mediocre opponents. For God's sakes, how the Kansas City Chiefs even lost to the Indianapolis Colts this year is still beyond my imagination. I don't understand how that happened. But <laughs> every team has to go through these hardships. And unfortunately, as it stands today, on November 7th of 2022, the Chargers are not the world beater teams. Can they be competitive? Can they be inconsistent? Can they sometimes show signs of brilliance and then just the next drive just rip your heart out? Yes. And that is what we as Chargers fans have to deal with. And that's just who they are. The good news is they're 5-3, and three, currently the seventh spot in the playoffs and they won a huge must-have-it. They're 3-1 and one now on the road, which is pretty remarkable, considering this is a West Coast team. Uh, Chargers now go up against the San Francisco 49ers. Prime time under the lights, where Justin Herbert usually shines brightest. Um, Jake, this has been a fun one. This is stressful, I'm telling you. like I, I, don't, I'm, I, I literally looked over to my father-in-law as the fourth quarter was happening, and I was like, like what? Why? Like, why do we have to do this? Now, I know most fan bases probably think the same thing, but like, it just seems extra special for Chargers fans to just have to endure heartbreaks, heart attacks, 
high blood pressure, too yes. much alcohol. And then like at the very end of the game, there's like the numbness, whether it's a win or a loss. It's kind of like, I don't even know what to think right now. I, I feel nothing. Look, here's, here is the one thing that I will say about this Chargers fan base is that <laughs> if games go on like this for the next 20 years, we may all be, you know, <laughs> in a hospital eventually watching these games for <laughs> as much stress and board. anger and, you know, high blood pressure and whatever the hell they're going to put on us through repetitive Sundays through the fall. But yet Chargers fans still turn on the TV and watch. They are still one way or another, even if they're positive or negative. In some form or fashion, they're still dedicated to this team in a weird wacko sort of Even way. the folks over in San Diego like Ray. Shout out so, to Ray in San Diego. <laughs> Look, you just have to embrace this team on what it is right now. Do you have to be happy about it? No, I'm not saying you have to be happy about it. Nor am I saying that you can't voice your opinions. And if you want to be one side or the other, move the needle to the negative or the positive side. I'm not telling you to change your perspective. You just have to understand. This is who this Chargers team is right now. And to Dan's point, can they get better? Sure. Can game plans definitely get better? Yes. Can coaching be better? Absolutely. But this has just been a tumultuous year for adversity that this team has had to let's just say, endure. And moving forward, hopefully you're still in a position where playoff contention matters when you get some of these guys back. And hopefully it'll mean something. But do not come on here expecting 100% absolute obliteration. Because I'm sorry to spoil it for you, that is not happening in any game this year. So if you want to save yourself some stress, here's a recommendation. Just turn the Chargers game on in the last five minutes. If you want to save yourself the good portion of three hours of stress and misery on your soul, just turn, the, just turn the game on in the last five minutes, and that way you only have to endure a short okay, period right. of stress. Whether, whether it's a win stress. or a loss, you're still going to endure stress within that five minutes. But at least for you, it's only going to be a shortened version of it. No, th that is fair. I, I, I want to have shirts created that just says, despite it all. That's all I want to have. Despite it all. That should be like the Chargers slogan. They are 5-3 and three, despite it all. They have endured so much. They have been resilient. The coaching has asked for a tough, rugged football team, and that's what 5-3 and three football teams do. They find a way despite it all. For Jake Hefner, you can find him at Jake T. Hefner, myself at Dan W. Sports. Shout out to all the Chargers fans who are still watching, tuning in, supporting this team through thick and thin, being critical and positive at the same time. It is possible. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And gals for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.